Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Hosea chapter number 4. Hosea chapter number 4. You know the Bible says he, he's double, double worthy. Revelation 4 says thou art worthy for thou hast created all things and all things were created for thy pleasure they are and were created. In other words, he made everything. And, and, and you owe him praise because he made you. He created you. He is your creator. But then it says they sung a new song. Revelation chapter 5. They sung a new song. Thou art worthy, for thou hast redeemed us unto God. By thy blood, out of every nation, kindred, and tongue. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Not only is he worthy because he made me, he's worthy because he saved me. So it doesn't matter whether you're saved or lost, you owe him praise. And all God's people say it. All right, you can be seated. Y'all been standing a while. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. I knew that would get you excited. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 4. It's going to be a little different today. Uh, I, I, I want to try to accomplish something. Uh, how many of y'all see we got a baptistry coming in here? Isn't that great? Fine. Yeah, go ahead and give him praise and glory. Finally, something stable, established. Amen. And yes, we're going to put a camera over there so you can see everybody on this side will be able to see. It'll all be good and all be great. Church, say amen. amen. It'll be great. Uh, just be patient. Be patient. Uh, but today, I, I want to, I, I, made the, I made the outline kind of brief. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in the outline itself because I got some information I want to share with you to kind of make a point. And uh, so if you'll bear with me, it's going to seem just a little different this morning. Not, not too much different, but a little different. But I, I, I want to I help you. And, and if I can help you, I can help our community. Because our community will go by way of our churches and our, and our, and our, and our states will go by, by way of our communities. And then our country will go by way of our states. Y'all notice where all this starts? Not in the community, but in the church. And most of the problems that we have in our country is not because of what lost people are doing. Lost people do what lost people do, and lost people are doing what they've been doing for the beginning of time. Our country hasn't gotten to the shape it's in because of what lost people are doing. It's because of what saved people are not doing. And all God's people say it. I did it again. <clears throat> All right, I, I, I'll, I'll just stand back a little ways. All right, if you're in Hosea chapter 4, Hosea chapter 4, uh, 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 would you say amen? amen? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the verses. I'm going to read just about, I guess, about six verses here. And then I want to give you a, a little bit of a history lesson on, on why this is the way it is in this particular chapter. And then I want to I give you the outline, so, so all you outline freaks in here, you, know, you get all sideways with me if I don't give you an outline, but I'll give you the outline for the chapter, and then I want to show you how this applies to us today. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So we're going to stay, stay biblically correct in the scriptures, in the chapter, and then apply it to where we're at today in our society, and not just our society, in our churches today. In our churches today, man, this, this man right here needs a raise. Say amen right there. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I knew I whined enough he'd find something. Amen. All right. Here we go. Hosea 4, verse 1. When, if you're there, say amen. amen. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy 
with the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out. In other words, this is, this is breaking out in the, in the land, in the country. And blood touches blood. I'm talking about to the point of bloodshed. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. With the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea, also shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive. Don't argue about it, he says, nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. Now, when the reference of thy mother is talking about the nation of Israel, okay? Uh, like, like when they say Mother Russia, uh, it's talking about the homeland, the nation. He is referring to Israel itself, all right? Now, he says in verse 6, let's all read verse 6. My people, help me now, everybody, my people are destroyed for lack of lack of knowledge. Read it with me. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now help me read that first sentence in verse 6 again and we'll pray. My people are destroyed for lack of, read it one more time. My people are destroyed for lack of, lack of knowledge. Just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for a people that's here that's hungry for your word, hungry to learn and hungry to grow. And God, I pray that they will not be disappointed today. I pray that your perfect will be done. Move in an awesome way, and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If, if, if you are taking notes and you, you, you like to do that, write these things down, and, and let me give them to you, give you the outline, and then we'll go into the, into the message today. First, we see in verse number one, we see a controversy. The word controversy here literally means a legal suit. In other words, God is suing his people. He is bringing an accusation against them. Basically, he has a problem with his people. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. We see a controversy, a controversy. What is the controversy? He says there is no truth, there is no mercy, and there is no knowledge of God in the land. Now, the word knowledge here is, is not just information. It is a more intimate word. It is the word that's used uh, as a man would know his wife in, in the most intimate relationship with his wife. What he is saying is here, there is no close relationship with God and his people in the land of Israel. No mercy, no truth. Now think about this, no truth. Are, are we not there today in our world? There is no absolute truth. Truth is whatever you feel that it is. Whatever It doesn't matter what your anatomy says. It doesn't matter what your biology says. Whatever you feel like you are, if you're a man, if you feel like you're a woman, that's what you are. That's where we're at. You know what God is saying? There's no truth. Let me tell you all something. There is truth. But this is where they were at. He says, I find no truth. I find no mercy the way people... Man, if that's not where we're at in our world today. I am seeing such animosity 
such anger and such rage and viciousness on social media, uh, road rage, uh, go to the ballparks. No mercy. And listen, he says, no knowledge of God, no close relationship with God. Now that's the controversy. That's the controversy. But then I want you to look at the consequences. The consequences of the problem that they had. The consequences. What is he saying? Look in the next verse. Look in the next verse. Verse number two. They're swearing. They're cursing. They're lying. They're killing. They're stealing. They're committing adultery. Listen, all of these things are breaking forth. They're breaking the bounds, if you will. They're going beyond the boundaries that God put forth them. Now look at all those commandments that are being broken. Y'all with me? Come on, get with me. What are the consequences? Two things, if you're taking notes. If you're taking notes, write these two things down. Their living was sinful. And then it says in verse number, verse number three, Therefore shall the land mourn. What does that mean? When the living is sinful, the land will suffer. The land will suffer. The country will mourn. When, 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 now, 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 now let's think about this. Let's keep this in context. These are, this is God's people. This is God's people. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that lost people need to straighten up their act. They can't straighten up their act. They're blind. But let me tell you something. When God's people are not living the way God has them to live, it is going to affect the country. Look at look what just happened. Eight, eight more killed in this, in this school shooting. And this stuff is just going to keep happening. Why? As, as, as the church goes, so goes the country. Because of... The controversy, we have the consequences. And then thirdly, we have the cause. We have the cause. I told you I'm going to go through this quick and then I'm going to give you some information. The cause. Look in verse number six. My people are destroyed. My people are destroyed. Sin is destroying them. Because of sin, God will have to judge them. My people are destroyed for lack of... Now watch this. Two things I want you to write down in your, in your, for your outline and then we'll, we'll talk about it. First is a condition they experienced. A condition they experienced. A lack of knowledge. They were ignorant. Ignorant. That is not a slam. That is not a, a, a you know, it's not a bad word. It's a word that means they lacked information. They lacked knowledge. They were ignorant. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. All right? This is a condition they experience. Now write this down. Write this down. And this is key. This, uh, as many times as I've read this, this didn't stand out to me till, till this week. And look what it says. It says, because thou hast rejected knowledge. It was a choice they made. It, <coughs> it was a choice they made. Now keep that in mind. <coughs> Everybody keep that in mind. It was a choice they made. If you are ignorant, <coughs> it is your fault. <coughs> Amen. I'm good. If I do that, I'll, I'll spit it on the third row. <coughs> <coughs> if you are ignorant, it is your fault. There is no excuse for ignorance. Are y'all with me? 
Now, let me, let me set the stage. There's your outline. You got it. Write it down. Put it in your lap. Now pay attention, okay? <laughs> Can we see what's happening? They're living wickedly. The land is, is, is suffering because of the sins of the people. The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and the nation that forgets God. We were once a nation under God, but we no longer are. And I'm telling you, you can see the consequences of it. You can see the byproduct. You can see the results of our spiritual condition in the nation that we're living in. Things are going on there. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed. I would never have dared to even thought in 100 million years that they would actually legalize same-sex marriage. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Listen, but that's where we're at. Why? The sins of our people. It will cause the land to suffer. And God will have an issue with it. Now, how did we get here? This is, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to go. We're going to do a little history lesson. We'll do a little history lesson. And this, will make, this is where it will all make sense. If we go all the way back to the death of Solomon, let's do that. So I need you to just pay attention because I'm going to just talk and I'm going to give you some information. Okay, so stay with me. Stay with me. Everybody, all right, everybody awake? Say amen. Come on. Everybody awake? I hope you like history because you're going to get some. Amen. At the death of Solomon, most of y'all remember Solomon was a great king. He was a wise king, uh, a blessed king, but he dies and his son takes over. His son Rehoboam takes over. His son is arrogant. His son is cocky and very foolish. He listens to some bad advice and he does some foolish things. And because of that, ten tribes split from the nation of Israel. Ten tribes. All right. Rehoboam. Rehoboam is the son who was foolish. Jeroboam was a cabinet member of Solomon who led the revolt and took the the confederation of ten tribes and split, basically had a civil war, and split from Judah. So now you have the northern tribe, or excuse me, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Northern bad, southern good. I'm just preaching the Bible, y'all. Hey, I'm just preaching the Bible. It's there. Hey, out of all the northern kings, out of every single one of them, not one of them was saved. Just leave that right there. Amen. The southern kingdom. So here you have in the southern kingdom, you have Jerusalem as the capital. Ultimately, Samaria became the capital of the northern kingdom. Now, y'all remember how they were hated? The Samaritans were hated. Y'all with me there? Stay with me. Okay, now, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Jeroboam, I know this gets kind of confusing. Jeroboam and Rehoboam, just remember, J, J, Jeroboam takes them. And now they are in the northern kingdom. But now he's got a problem, though. He split off, he split off, he's got his own little kingdom here, but he's got a problem. Because he knows that they, the nation of Israel was commanded, the people were commanded three times a year, they had to go to Jerusalem to worship. Everybody had to make a, a, a trek. They had to make a trip, a pilgrimage, if you will, and go to Jerusalem to worship. You couldn't sacrifice anyplace else because God's name was in Jerusalem. Are you all with me? But he knew, 
He knew if all the people go to Jerusalem, then the priests in Jerusalem will talk him into coming, let's put this thing back together, and I will lose my kingdom. I can't let them go back. Well, what are we going to do? We've got to have a religious system because people by nature are going to worship something. And so he decided, I'm going to give them something to worship. So guess what he did? He created his own system of worship. He changed the religious calendar. He changed the religious symbols. You remember how that the cherubims were over the mercy seat? You know, the angels over the mercy seat? Well, he created one with calves. Be careful. Y'all remember the golden calf with Aaron? All right, so he changed the religious symbols. He changed the religious days. Then he changed, he changed the center of religious worship. He said, hey, y'all don't have to go to Jerusalem. We'll create places here in Dan and Bethel. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember <clears throat> when, when the Samaritan woman was at the well and she was talking with Jesus and she was questioning Jesus? She said, our father said we're to worship in this mountain, talking about in Samaria. But you say we are to worship it. See, that's where this comes from. He created his own. And by the way, he run off all of the good priests. They fled south to Jerusalem. And so he created his own priesthood. And they were none of them Levites the way it was supposed to be. He created, he went and got base and crooked counterfeit priests and made up his own priesthood. Are y'all with me so far? And so we don't need Jerusalem. We don't need the real God. Listen, we've got our own. We'll worship him. We'll do this here. And so he created his own worship center. He created his own religion. He created his own priesthood. But the problem is they were counterfeit. And they didn't know the law of God. And if you don't know the law of God, there's no way you can know the God of the law. What was the controversy? There's no knowledge of God in the land. Now watch this. That's, that's at the beginning of the split. Jeroboam, right after Solomon's death. This is, this is watch this now. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Everybody still awake? Everybody still awake? 149 years before what we just read. Hosea is 149 years after that started. So there is 149 years of the land having counterfeit priests and no scripture. Now does this make sense? They had counterfeit priests who knew not the law. You cannot teach the law if you don't Know the law. So 149 years of worshiping in the wrong place, worshiping with the wrong people, worshiping the wrong thing. And by the way, if you're not worshiping the true God, you're not worshiping any God. <coughs> and so here we have 149 years of this business. And there's no true knowledge of God. No true understanding of God. And he says, don't, 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 don't blame the people. If you, if you translate and study this chapter out, God's saying, don't blame the people. It's not the people's fault. It's the priest's fault. The people are just following the counterfeit priests. 
Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be very careful in saying this. But I'm going to tell you what we have. We have a bunch of counterfeit preachers in our nation. It's biblical. It's scriptural. It's prophetical. God said the days are going to come when they're going to heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. And we have, we have basically, we have basically souped up psychologists standing in the pulpit trying to help everybody feel better about themselves. And there's no doctrine, there's no teaching the word, there's no verse by verse explanation and, and preaching and expositing the word of God. And so what we have today is surface religion. You remember what God said? They have a form of godliness. A form of God. These people thought they were doing good. Do you know that the woman at the well thought she'd been doing good because she was doing what she'd been told? She was spiritual. She was religious. She went to the mountain that they were, she was told to be at. She went to Bethel. She went to Dan. She went to Samaria. She worshipped the way she was told to worship. But it was false. Jesus said, you don't even know what you worship. Is this starting to make sense? And let me tell you what. Our nation is what it is because our churches are what they are. They're anemic. And they're shallow. Let me, let me read. Now, now, this is where it's going to get. Uh, how many of y'all love me? <clears throat> Because I'm going to ask you that again in a minute. I'm going to read you some statistics. Some of these, some of these are going to sound funny. But if you look at the truth, it's frightening. It's frightening. Some of you seasoned saints in here with gray hair on the top of your head. There was a day in your childhood when even lost people respected the house of God. Even lost people did. But do you understand we're living in a day when even professed Christians don't respect the house of God? And let me tell you why. They don't know the God of the house. Because if they truly understood his ferocity, if they truly understood his holiness, they wouldn't be so flippant about the way they approach him. And they treat him. Let me me read to you some things. And this is a little bit more reading than what y'all are used to, so, so bear with me. This ain't all the time I do this, so... So humor me on this. Amen, church. And I'm doing this for a purpose because we're going to do something about this. This is burdening me right now. And we're going to do something. We've already started. We've already been preparing for this and and, and taking measures and taking steps. But we're fixing to break it out on y'all. And so so just, just, just watch. Researchers George Gallup and Jim Costello state the problem plainly. 
Americans revere the Bible, but by large, they don't even read it. And because they don't read it, they have become a nation of biblical illiterates. How bad is it? How bad is it? Researchers tell us that it's worse than most can imagine. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians cannot even identify more than two or three of the disciples. According to data from the Barna Research Group, 60% of Americans can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. No wonder people break the Ten Commandments all the time. They don't even know what they are. What's the bottom line? Increasingly, America is biblically illiterate. Now, keep in mind when we say this, we don't expect lost people to know the Bible. But we do expect God's people. Multiple surveys reveal the problem in stark terms. According to 82% of Americans, God helps those who help themselves. They believe that that's a Bible verse. 82% of Americans believe that's in the Bible. By the way, it's not. Those identified as born-again Christians, they did better by 1%. 1%. A majority of adults thinks the Bible teaches that the most important purpose in life is taking care of one's family. Some of the statistics are enough to perplex even those aware of the problem. A Barna poll indicated that at least 12% of adults, think about this, 12% of adults believe Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that 50% of the high school seniors that were surveyed thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. A considerable number of respondents to the same poll of these high school seniors, they responded in a poll that they believed that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. And we wonder why 80% are leaving God and church by their first year in college. We're wondering why homosexuality is such an epidemic today. If you think that Sodom and Gomorrah was husband and wife, it's no wonder you don't understand how God feels about it. A recent LifeWay research study found that only 45% of those who regularly attend read the Bible more than once a week. Over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible. One in five. Essentially the same number who read it every day. So only one in five said that they They never read it. Only one in five said that they read it every day. Because we don't read God's word, it follows that we don't know it. Now to understand the effects of this, we look at another set of statistics from a western country, the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom Bible Society surveyed British children and found many could not even identify common Bible stories. When giving a list of stories, almost one in three didn't choose the nativity as part of the Bible. And over 59% didn't know that Jonah being swallowed by the great fish is in the Bible. British parents didn't do much better. Around 30% of parents don't know Adam and Eve, David and Goliath, or the Good Samaritan. They did not know they were in the Bible. 
To make matters worse, 27% think Superman is or might be a biblical story. More than one in three believe the same about Harry Potter. And more than half, 54%, believe that Hunger Games is, might, is or might be a story from the Bible. But it's just not simply not knowing stories from Scripture. Our lack of biblical literacy has led to a lack of Bible doctrine. Lifeway Research found that while 67% of Americans believe heaven is a real place, 45% believe that there are many ways to get there. In other words, they're listening more to what's said on TV than what is said in Scripture, including one in five evangelical Christians said that there's more than one way to get to heaven. More than half of evangelicals, 59%, believe the, the Holy Spirit is a force and not a personal being. In contrast this to orthodox biblical teaching of the Trinity being three persons in one God. As a whole, Americans, including many Christians, hold unbiblical views on hell, sin, salvation, Jesus, humanity, and the Bible itself. Only 20% of Americans say they've read the entire Bible at least once. Only 22% say they systematically read through a section of the Bible a little each day. A third of Americans never read their Bible on their own. Never read their Bible on their own. This lack of Bible reading certainly has led to a lack of Bible doctrine. Examine, examine how Americans view Christian theology. Fewer than half, which is 47%, say the Bible is 100% accurate in all it teaches. Half, 51%, say the Bible was written for each person to interpret as he or she chooses. Three quarters, 74% disagree with the idea that even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Three quarters, 77%, say people must contribute their own effort for personal salvation. Three quarters of Americans don't even understand true salvation. They think they must do something to contribute to their own salvation. They don't understand, for by grace are you saved through faith. If they don't even know how to be saved, three quarters of Americans. This is frightening. Half, 52%, say good deeds help them earn a spot in heaven. 52% say good deeds help them earn a spot in heaven. 45% believe that there are many ways to get there. How did we get here? How did we get to this place? Number one, distractions. Distractions. We are more distracted today than it's ever been in the history. There was a day when you worked and went to church. You were glad to go to revival because there wasn't nothing else to go to. Y'all with me? Amen. The devil could not destroy the word, so he gave you everything else to busy you. The number one reason when, it, when, this, when this survey went, why do people not read their Bible? The number one reason was given distractions. I've got this and I've got that and I've got this and I've got that. 
even though all of, all of the scriptures that tell us how much of a reward there is for studying and knowing God's word. He told Joshua, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be successful, don't let this word come out of your mouth. Study it, read it, know it, learn it, practice it. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto the word? But yet we don't read it because we're distracted. The second reason given was misplaced priorities. That's a duh. Misplaced priorities. How many of y'all have figured out by now that you can do whatever you want to do? I've figured that out. I figured it was well, I'd like to do that. No, no, you really wouldn't like to because you, if you like to, you would. I found out some way or another, if I really want it to happen, I can make it happen. But the problem is it's not a priority. Let me tell you something. To most Christians, God is not a priority till they have a problem. Anyway, and here I'm afraid is the biggest reason. Unwarranted overconfidence. Say that with me unwarranted overconfidence. And I'm talking to church people right here. We've got a book that we're going to go through. I think so much of this, I went through it and I took the staff through it. I told the staff, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to start with the leadership down. If we expect our people to go through it, we're going to go through it. I just, I, I listen, we're not going to send you up a ladder we hadn't already climbed. And, and here's, here's, here's thoughts that people are having toward this. Well, I've been in church all my life. You mean, let, me, let, me, let me tell you some things that I hear from people that's been in church all their life that come to temple. I can't believe how much I'm learning. I've learned more in the last six months than I have the whole time. I... Being in church a certain period of time does not translate to Bible knowledge. Let me read. Many people have grown up in the church but have never personally committed themselves to learning the word. So let's get honest for a moment. How many of y'all can get honest for about 37 seconds? Okay, that's enough. How many of us who grew up in the church learned more than a few disconnected Bible stories simply because we attended Sunday school and youth group? How many of y'all heard of Jonah and the whale? How many of y'all heard of David and Goliath? Come on, get with me. Raise your hand. More exercise you've had all week. All right, here we go. Right? How many of y'all heard of uh, uh, Paul and Silas in the jail? How many of y'all heard the first jailhouse rock? <laughs> Wave for Elvis. Say Amen. You know what all that stuff is? It's great. It's because it's in the Bible. But it's all surface. How many of y'all know knowing that Jonah got swallowed by fish is not going to get you into heaven? 
Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. I'm going somewhere. Unless we decided at some point to begin to read and learn the Bible on our own, we never even learn how to find anything in the Bible. Not even the stories. For example, what book of the Bible is the story of King Saul in? It'd be 1 Samuel. But did you know that? Did you know where to find it without having to call the preacher? We learned precious little about biblical theology. How are the Old Testament sacrifices related to the coming of Christ? We didn't learn why we believe what we claim to believe. How do we know that the Bible is true and what it claims? In short, here's the, guy, here's the deal. In short, the sense that we know a lot about the Bible because we grew up in church is misguided. Someone who comes to know Christ later in life and devotes himself to reading and learning God's word will quickly surpass the person who relies upon the passive learning that he thinks he acquired from hanging around the church when he was young. Here's the bottom line. You don't know what you think you know. You don't. If we took a survey and just took a biblical studies test of basic Bible doctrines, I wonder how many could pass. I'm saved, preacher. How'd you get that way? How do you know that? What took place to make that happen? Well, it's in the Bible. Really? Where? And listen, we can't, we can't, this, this is not going to work anymore. We can't, there was a day, there was a day, remember we talked back in the day when the seasoned saints were little bitty people? If you said something about heaven or about salvation or about God, all you would have to say, it's in the Bible. But do you realize that we're living in a generation today that doesn't even believe that the Bible is relevant, that doesn't even believe that the Bible is accurate? They believe it is full of fairy tales. So what do you do now? And I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't have to worry about it because I believe it. But what about your grandchildren? What about your children that's going out into that society? You cannot leave it up to one day a week to the church. You cannot franchise out the spirituality of your family and your children and your grandchildren. God gave you the responsibility and you can't teach them something you don't know. Listen, I do not want it to be said when we all get to glory and y'all follow me in to say that we were spiritually ignorant. We not... It may be said that we're riffraff. It may be said that we don't have it all together. It may be said that we have a bunch of issues. That's fine. But I don't want it to be said that we didn't know our Bible. I can't do nothing about all the issues. And I can't do nothing about all of our past. But I can do something about us knowing the Bible. Are y'all with me? Now here's what we're going to do. Now how many of y'all know, how many of y'all know what I said is accurate? It's accurate. And this is not the lost world's fault. This is the church's fault. Listen, 
I need your help. I need your help. We have found a resource that is awesome. I grew up in church my whole life. My dad was a preacher. Y'all know the whole story. I've been to Bible college, seminary. I've got an honorary doctorate. Isn't that a hoot? (laughs) And we went through this, and I learned some cool stuff. It was awesome. And the guys thought it was awesome. The team thought it was awesome. I'm going one-on-one with a, a church member right now, discipling this person through this. I want everybody to go through this. I want everybody to go through this. This will strengthen you and your Christian walk. Listen, here's the thing. Well, I know everything I need to know. Really? Please don't even go there with me. But here's even the the thing. Do you know my job is not to just fill up this building? My job is to replace myself. Reproduce myself. To develop disciples. How many disciples have you reproduced lately? Do you mean to tell you what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some of these and I'm going through it with my kids. I'm going to take my kids and sit them down and we're going to go through it as a family. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you. But here's the thing. You know what this is going to be about? Go to your Bible, Hosea 4 and verse number 6. Hosea 4, come on, come on. Hosea 4 and verse number 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of... Now, what's the next line? What's the next line? What did we say? What What was the point we had in the outline? It was something they made. Come on, everybody. I can lead you to water. But now the choice is yours. Let me, let me, let me read something real quick. Let me, y'all, y'all, y'all still love me? <clears throat> Watch this. How do, we, how do we combat this? How do we get here? Distractions, misplaced priorities, unwarranted overconfidence, and a pretext that we're, be, we're being too busy. We're not too busy, guys. We're not. We're not. Some days I think I am. Yesterday I had a a wedding at at Covered Bridge at 10 o'clock and a funeral at Moss at 11. And then come back to church to try to finish up researching. Man, I'm busy. But not that busy. Not that busy. Amen? Now listen. Watch this. How do we get people to pull the Bible off the bookshelves and put it in their lives? The research we've done indicates that several factors lead to a higher likelihood of someone engaging the Bible. In in this case, we mean that they will allow God through His Word to lead and change their life. Here are eight predictors of biblical engagement. Eight predictors, and I'll go through these real fast. Here are eight predictors of biblical engagement. One, confessing sins and wrongdoings to God and asking for forgiveness. Two, following Jesus Christ for years. 
Three, being willing to obey God no matter the cost. Four, praying for the spiritual status of unbelievers. Reading a book, number five, about spiritual growth. Number six, being discipled or mentored one-on-one by a more spiritually mature Christian. Number seven, memorizing Bible verses. Number eight, watch this, watch this. Attending a small group. Attending a small group. Notice the last factor. Small groups are key to combating and changing the epidemic of biblical illiteracy. Our research shows that as Christians increase their participation in small groups, their biblical engagement scores go up. As part of the research for transformational groups, which he co-authored with Eric Geiger, they surveyed regular group attenders. Now watch this. They surveyed regular group attenders and non-group attenders about their daily spiritual lives. Specifically, the time they spend outside of church and church-related activities. And they found that group attenders were more likely, much more likely, than non-group members to read their Bible regularly. 67% compared to 27%. What does that mean? Being involved in a small group made it more than twice as likely a Christian would be regularly reading God's Word. Can we say amen? Now, let me say this, and we're going we're gonna to pray, all right? We're going we're gonna to pray. Here's, here's what I need. Here's what I need. <clears throat> I need 20 of y'all. We're starting the training today. Probably should have preached this before today, but if you can't make it today, we, we, we'll make up for it, all right? We've got other training times, but I need 20 more people. We don't have enough, we don't have enough leaders. And, and by the way, it is simple as can be. All of the answers in the book are in the back. Say amen. <laughs> and here's what you do. Here's what you do. You go to the back, whatever lesson you're on, you fill in the answers from the back. You don't have to look them up. They're there in the back. Fill it out, and then you just go through it. That's it. That's it. You will learn as you go. That's as simple as it gets. I need 20 people to be willing to help me and sign up for this. We've got a certain amount that's already, that's already group leaders, but I need some more. I need some more. All right? We're going to have a sign-up somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. Uh, wherever it's at in the building, uh, Brother Dustin will let me know before we dismiss. But there's a table out there for you to sign up. I, please help me with this. It is simple, it is easy, it is not complicated. I promise you, it's it's one of the simplest things you'll ever do, and it is going to be the most beneficial thing you ever do. If you're a seasoned saint, if you're a seasoned saint, and you're already in a group with somebody else, and you could do this, please do this and volunteer, at least for till we get through this book. There's no reason that 10 people that could do this is in the same group. If you could volunteer to help, just take a group of people through that. And we're going to try to take all of our groups through this book. Okay? Now, so I need 20 people that will be willing to volunteer, sign up, and help us with this. We'll tell you everything you need to do. We'll make it easy as pie. It'll be like, it'll be like, it'll be the easiest thing you ever do. Somebody say amen. amen. And then I need everybody else, if you're not in a group, to get in one. Because we're going to take all of the leaders through this first. 
teach them how to do it, go through it with them. I, I took the staff through it. Our staff is going to take our leaders through it. And then after we do connect, we're going to get and take everybody else through it. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. From the top down. So if you've never been in a group or you're not presently in a group, at Connect, I need you to get in one. If, if you'll just do me this favor. I don't like groups and I don't want to be in a group. At least get in it for this. At least get in it for this. Please. Please. I'm tired of seeing our kids destroyed because they have a lack of knowledge. The problem is that, see, this is even a sadder condition that we're in. They had counterfeit priests. You don't. They didn't have access to the true scriptures and the law. You do. Now it's just a matter of choice. And all God's people say it. Let's do this. Let's all stand because I went like way over time. Let's stand. We're going to pray about this. We don't have to have a long invitation. You already know if God's putting it on your heart to do this. He's already convicting you about doing this. It ain't, you don't even have to pray about it. Did y'all hear what I said? If God is touching your heart right now, you don't even have to pray about it. He's already telling you. When you, you say, I need to pray about it, you're trying to get out of it. <laughs> Listen, I need your help. Even if this is temporary, even if it's just to get through the book. Our church needs this in a desperate way. Because our kids need this. It is my, it's my desire, it's my desire that as our, our leaders take all of our small groups through it, that our small groups will take it and go through it with their kids. I don't want to send our kids out to a generation of God-hating people and not be ready. And all God's people say it. Listen, we're going to pray. We're going to have one verse. If someone needs to move to be saved, if our altar workers, y'all want to go ahead and get in place. We'll never, we'll never miss a time for someone to trust Christ. If you need to come and trust Christ, we'll, we'll, we'll help you with our word. If you need to trust him, if you need to jo- join the church, whatever it is you need to do, listen, and then we'll, we'll receive our offering. So, guys, y'all can get ready. Dear Lord, thank you for your blessings and your mercy.